everybody. Welcome. Good evening. Whenever, wherever you may be watching from uh, Miami to Tallahassee, all across uh, this great nation, this is The Yard Sign. Uh, your host, as always, Johnny Torres. Thank you so much for watching. Don't forget, as we get started, if you miss any part of tonight's show, you can uh, subscribe to us uh, for the audio version of our program over at the Tech Overlords at Google, Apple, Spotify, Audible, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, uh, and Samsung Podcast platforms, pretty much anywhere you want to listen to us. We appreciate you for doing so we our numbers are just blowing up uh, especially in the audio version of our podcast we're up to about a couple hundred downloads a month which is amazing for this little uh project we've been doing now for a few years uh we got a very special guest joining us tonight by the way uh a candidate uh which uh, we'll be seeing a lot of uh in uh the over the next few months and uh and just candidates in general we you know if you are a candidate running for office we'd love to support you we'd love to uh you know give you some additional exposure out here get uh give the people a little bit of an opportunity to get to know you and uh, tonight's going to be no different the only difference is is uh he's a great friend uh with uh you know to for uh, both myself uh and Enabel. and so we're incredibly excited to have him here not only in the in that capacity as a friend but also a candidate for office as well so before we get to our special guest and cast for tonight let's go ahead and run through tonight's topics we'll kick off with a little bit of an update on ukraine entering the third week in their war against russia or russia's war against the ukraine i should say um of course that affecting already gas prices um, they are rising uh, faster than uh, the temperature in the summer here in Florida. Uh, also, we'll get into the State of the Union. And uh, if it's uh, anything like the state of Biden's health, uh, we are in trouble. And uh, you bet it is. So we'll talk about uh, you know what there was to talk about at the State of the Union. And uh, we'll dig a little bit into CPAC polls and uh, Barr's vote uh, for Trump or not. Um, okay, so uh, don't forget, if you want to join the conversation tonight, we also got uh, our buddy Hector Gonzalez already waiting in the wings on Clubhouse. You can join us live. We are broadcasting live on Clubhouse. Look for me, Johnny Torres, or look for the yard sign uh, as a room right now live. You can join us and ask questions, join the conversation uh, again on Clubhouse, and uh, we'd love you for doing so. And it's a way to make the show a little more interactive. All right, over to the big table we go for tonight's guest, very, very special guest, uh, near and dear to our hearts, the one and only Danny Alvarez. See, no, see, what I like to do is I like oh, to start again. the show with the uh, mics off. Again, uh, just again, <laughs> again. This happens every single time. Should we do it and again? It's become, I don't know. Will Johnny let us do this again? It's tradition Three, at this point. Three, two, one. Hey! Hey! Good to have you. Good to see you. It's so good to see you. It is you. great to see you. And Honestly. to hear you. I yeah. years. And to hear us. And to hear us. Well, Thank now you. that I've introduced you, we can forget about the guy sitting next to you. I usually do. Uh, yeah. Every time. I usually I mean, do. he's here every week anyway, so. This is incredible, Just Johnny. holding a wall. Well, Just holding you. a wall. I'm extremely, extremely proud of you for yeah. what you've done. I mean, from the mobile unit to your house <laughs> to, to with the, I mean, we started off with, like, two cameras and an iPad. That's right. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, had a little hamster this. in the wheel just hamster. to get the electricity going. Yeah, so the, great it was, job. It was green tech. So, green and, then tech. I, and then I saw you two were in the top 150, right? Top 150? Top 150 were among the top 150 podcasts in the country, yes. That, honestly, that is incredible with yeah. everybody in the podcast game to even get noticed. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah, unbelievable. It's not a small thing, y'all. No. Yeah, well, and, it, and it's one of those things that, uh, you know, I learned thanks to some of the kind of, you know, mentors out there. Sure. You know, I think probably Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk was the one that most recently had the biggest impact on me, even though I've been following him for years. But it's one of those things where he reminded me that, that there's no 
there's no success in the short game. Right. It's about patience. It's about perseverance. It's about sticking with it. Absolutely. And that, you know, if you stick with it long enough, eventually the others drop off and, 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 you know, you're, you kind of ride, you ride into the end. Yeah. And I think that's what most people, you know, I've been a business attorney for almost the totality of my legal career. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I try to tell folks. They always come to my table. We form their company. We give them the pat on the back and we say, off to the blue yonder, right? But yeah. then they'll come back in a year or two and they're lost. They don't know what to do. The reality is, is the, the businesses are made in the dark alone at night when you're wondering if you've done enough, sure. right? And then you wake up in a cold sweat because you think you haven't, right? right? So it's when you have enough of those nights and they start to get less and less and less, then you realize, oh man, I'm starting to make it. And look at where we are here. Amen. You know, and, and it's funny to that point because I started my – this podcast is actually older than my business. Yep. Um, you know, this yes. was more of a hobby, really. Right. <laughs> and and fortunately, I was in a space that I could use it for my podcast. Right. Um, and then I just happened to start a company doing the very thing that allowed me to create this podcast. And – you always heard about entrepreneurs, uh, you know, struggling to make it past that second year, past that third year. And I can't believe I'm already past the second year mark. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It but, just goes by so quick. But you know what's important is that for years we've told this guy, right, you, we told you, <laughs> stop being someone else's support system. Go yes. be yourself. Yes. And he wouldn't listen. And listen, I get it. I get it because it does take a lot of courage um, self-doubt has to be overcome. Fear has to be, what if I don't make, what if you don't make it? Who yeah. cares? Right. But you have to get out there and do it. And you've done such a good job of making everyone else look good. It's time to make you look good. And it worked, right? Well, Remember we you. talked yeah. about Falkenberg and we talked right. about all those things. So well, what's crazy is that, you know, all of those things that you said that is necessary that to overcome, you know, to truly become an entrepreneur, Absolutely. nothing will help you overcome those fears. Then, almost dying <laughs> <laughs> i don't know that's a big thing yeah of course wow, this I went mean, dark fast. In, in so, no, but in the best way possible because i was in a serious car accident right. and if not for that serious car accident where you truly reflect on life and you start to reflect on who you are and where you want the remaining uh uh element of your life however long that may be is that you truly realize nothing else matters nothing um it's it, it's my my job didn't matter the money didn't matter what matter was you know what am i leaving behind for my daughter right you know and how can i spend more time with my daughter with my family um and truly prioritize them and prioritize my life not my career and and it's one of those things where I think I'd spent I started my career, you know, at 20 years old. So I started a little earlier than some. Right. But I'd spent almost those entire 20 years now here at 42 prioritizing my career. Right. And I realized that that doesn't matter. That's not what matters. What matters is, you know, again, the people that are closest to you and, 100%. And, and your family and your loved ones and your, your, your kids and, and, and your friends. You know, what taught me that was, uh, one of the silver linings of COVID. If, if we can find one mm -hmm. for me was that I remember, uh, coming home, uh, riding bike, we were on lockdown, couldn't do anything. And I, the, my pack of children, cause you know, I have like 30 of them, right. <laughs> and they're all riding bikes in front of me. And I said, why have, we don't do this enough. Why haven't I? And it was that exact moment. It was seminal to me. I opened up and then I said, from now on, that's, that's it. And when I came back to the law this time, after leaving the sheriff's office, yeah. I have been hyper, up to the point that it's upsetting my paralegals sometimes. Because I'm like, nope, we're done. 
See you tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you think that you think that because you're you're working, you know, 10, 12 hours a day, that that's right. the way that that's what you're supposed to do. Right. Right. You know, to provide for your family and that sort of thing. But the truth of the matter is that it's far more important for you to physically be there. Absolutely. With your family. You know, of course, uh, 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 as long as you are able to provide for them in right. doing so, uh, because sure. Yeah. I mean, would I work two, three jobs to provide for my daughter? Absolutely. In of course. an instant. Of course. Um, but if I don't need to, then and why would I rather than spend time with her? Right. You're not going to get uh, the time back. No, never. never. You're not. And, and we, we talk about it so quick. I mean, she's six already. Yeah, in family law, which is what I do now, yeah. we t- talk about it all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. You know, you might hire me to get divorced, but I'm really working for your kid because I want your kid to have the most stable life possible. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what that is is stop this divorce. Let's finish it real quick and get you back to living a healthy life with your kids well and again it, it's that perspective that i think you know oftentimes because as men we think that oh well i gotta go out there and i gotta bust my butt to make sure right. that we you know we have every little thing that our kids need yep. and ask for uh when in reality what they want the most is just our time that's right you know what i mean like I, I we could literally sit at home and do nothing and my daughter would be you know over the moon she is you know and so it you know it's heartbreaking when i have had to tell her oh well i gotta work you know tonight or i gotta work this weekend or you know and you realize that she doesn't care about yeah. you know why i'm working right or the money that that's bringing in what she would re- rather do is just stay uh Hang with me. Yep. yeah exactly Absolutely. you're 100 so. right all right. Well, I, I don't know how to say and include this because I have fur babies and they want me to work as much as possible. Well, it's a lesson to you and Evil. No, my dogs literally look at me like, what are you doing here? You're supposed to be working. That's like, right. You know how expensive our dog food is? Yes, I do know how expensive your dog food is. Well, then get to it. Oh, man. Well, again, um, obviously, you're you're here because we're excited to announce that you're going to be running for state house. Absolutely. Uh, something that- Thank you. Yeah, something that I know a lot of people have been pushing you to do for a very long time. Uh, but again, given the, the size of your family, given the, the responsibilities uh, of providing for your family, and, and timing is everything. Right. Um, and, and I think that was the biggest part about all of this. That's right. It was um, because when it's right, it's right. And, you know, and, and you previously ran for judge. Right. But I remember us talking. You're like, yeah, you know, I'm excited about this thing for judge, but... Like, I wish I could actually be myself mm-hmm. and say the things yep. that I believe in and right. and, and advocate for the, the values and the, the rights and the beliefs that, you know, I think make this country amazing. But running for judge, you can't do any of those things. You can't things. do that. You can't. And it, was, it, it really was like this, like, glass prison running for judge. You'd, you'd stand there and you'd hear some crazy stuff and you're, like, looking around like... <laughs> you can't say anything. You right. really, you really can't say anything. Like yeah. you know, you'd want to be. Uh, no, that's not right. Well, then you got to wonder. You're like, did I say something? Like, yeah, no, I, absolutely. You know. But you're right. It's, it is about timing. It is about. Um, you know, I do believe in God very strongly, mm-hmm. and God presents you the opportunities when you can handle them. We've been pushing this thing off. I mean, look, we're talking about 15 years. Yep. Mm-hmm. People have been talking to me about this, right? And so finally, we got to a point where everything aligned. Um, my, my kid's mom and I, we are, you know, I went to her first. I mean, we're not even married. And I went up to her and I said, hey, I, I can't do this without you. So if you say no, then again, I'll just push them off and say, yeah. it's no. And she said, we're not saying no this time. And I was like, wow. Wow. And she said it like that. I mean it. I give her yeah. all the credit in the world because she said it just like that. Well, and to your credit, uh, she knows that when you set your mind to something, you are going to pursue it to the end of the earth. 
she does know that, you yeah, know, yeah. yeah. And, and so she knows that if your commitment's there, right. that it's worthwhile for her commitment to be there. Right. Uh, because she knows that you're not going to half-ass anything. No, you're right. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and the beautiful thing, again, about going back to the timing aspect is uh, you're, you're an entrepreneur. Right. You know, you, you dabble in a bunch of different businesses and have dabbled in a bunch of different local businesses, small right. businesses. Um, and and then, of course, you've had your own law practice. Now you're under another practice. Um, and, and, and so, you know, again, all that experience, I think, truly lends for really what the legislature should be made up of, which right. is average everyday people who have been out there in the struggle and and realize that okay there are some things that need to be fixed here a hundred percent like if I, i'm the guy that puts his pants on just like the next person whenever yeah. we're going to go ask for someone's vote that's i'm asking you to help me as as your community member not as somebody who thinks like, like there's something bigger than that that's it i'm just a guy who has four kids has been divorced in his life has had ups and downs businesses jobs i worked in government i worked outside of government so i think that that totality of experiences is what's got me to this point. Right. And I think what helps us um, lead, which I think is super important because we're not here to, you know, I think people are thirsty for leadership. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, I mean, you're also a veteran. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and, and what I like about you, Danny, and not to knock some of the other candidates that are out there, uh, please don't take this personally, but some of these other veterans that are out there that end up running for office, try to make that like the cornerstone of, of why they should be, um, eligible you know to run for that position or, or should be elected you know because they're a veteran right. and 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 certainly not to minimize you know your service but it's just one you know it's Aspect. one line yeah. right on a very long resume yeah. on a very right. long resume that you have you know and again you mentioned your kids you know and so especially the florida legislature being as involved it is in education i mean you're seeing firsthand from high school all the way down absolutely you know how uh, today's education is affecting our kids absolutely so you know for me being a veteran is a is tantamount to one of the most important moments of my life, period. When I became, you know, when I served the, my country in the Army, I did that for reasons that, you know, we're paying back our country. We're first-generation American. I didn't know how else to express that, so I joined the Army, signed the ultimate check, and, you know, I gave you my life if that's what it took. But that is one part of my life, and I share that with many other people. And what I like to tell people is, let that serve as an example to show you what I'm willing to do when nobody's watching. Right. What I'm willing to do when I don't need credit for anything. Correct. You know, I, that that I did it. I was an infantry guy. I was. Listen, to be honest with you, I loved being an, a, a soldier so much. I loved being an airborne guy so much that I couldn't believe you were paying me to do that. Right. So, <laughs> so maybe I should be thanking you. You know what I mean? Like all the time. Well, so. you know, our buddy Joe Wicker, who's on the show yep. all the time, yep. also a veteran. You know, he said he, he he says that he's always amused by people who pay money to go jump out of airplanes. Right. He goes mm -hmm. because if you just join them in the army, they'll they'll do, they'll have you do it for free. Absolutely. <laughs> they'll pay you to do it. But you know, know the army true. has this way of making everything unfun, right? So <laughs> right. so when you So oh Sorry, that's a, a little alarm clock oh. we got over here. Oh. All right, just making sure. So w when you're like when you go to jump in the army, it's not fun. Like it's a whole lot of a price for a very little bang, yeah. right? So, um, but I, I happen to be part of a, a skydive team for the uh -huh. army. We would jump into the stadiums and demonstrations and stuff like that. So I did get to take it to the max. I, you know, I skydived <laughs> yeah. for the army, which was amazing as well.
Yeah. Well, and, and again, but what I love and, and what excites me about you as a candidate is, again, that you've lived such an amazing life so far. You also, you know, worked for the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office. Right. Um, and so you're going to be able to bring just such a incredibly different perspective than I think many of our legislators have and not a knock on them either. You know, a no, lot of I know. have very varied uh, backgrounds and experiences, you know, but again, yours just kind of transcends the normal, you know, yeah. and I think you and I are very similar in that yeah, sense absolutely. where we've worn a lot of different hats in our career. I like to say I live hard and this is one of the lessons I, I try to teach my kids, you know, uh, I have been a journalist. I have formerly for the Miami Herald. I've been a soldier. I was a, I sold pharmaceuticals for Johnson & Johnson at one point. Lawyer, worked for the sheriff's office, business owner. All of those, I live hard, right? Yeah. Because I want to leave it all on the table. I want to be able to experience the juice that life has, right? Yeah. So what I never realized that in, in doing all of that, that it would make me wholly ready for today to become a state representative so we can do those things. I see the role of state rep really as a fixer, right? So I'm the guy, when there's an issue, I can go take it across the finish line. I can, you bring me your issues, I represent you, we take them up to Tallahassee. Am I, can I help you? Can I connect you with someone that can fix your problem? I've been doing that for the totality of my life. Oh, yeah. Now I'm trying to do it for... The, the folks of di you know district 69 well and that's the thing uh you know you are incredibly well known throughout the community which is why so many people have urged you to run for office right at various Thank levels you. yeah but it's because you have done that so much in your life already in terms of serving people and helping people and like you said leading people even you know different organizations and events and you know fundraisers and you name it um and and that's the kind of hands-on leadership that we need you know rather than just kind of Dictating, you know, from Tallahassee, hey, this is what you need to be doing. I'd be ashamed if I didn't lead by example. I couldn't look at you in the eyes and, you know, like this, like this weekend, we went and, uh, you know, our, our county is full of cattlemen. Mm -hmm. And they said, hey, you want to come see what we do? I said, yeah, but I, I want to get my hands dirty. They said, oh, you're going to get your hands dirty. <laughs> so we heard with a lot else. Yeah, <laughs> we herded up 100 cattle. We we helped get them through. We dewormed them, all that kind of stuff. And that's the kind of like leadership that I live and thrive by. That's what I was taught. Right. And that's like really the only kind that I respect. So um, it's what I want to show the community. And if we can inspire a couple more people to do the same, then I think that's a victory. Yeah, and not to toot, not to toot your own horn, but at the end of the day, you are the example as what we want as a leader that came out of the community Thanks. not someone that just showed up and again some some candidates fall in this category that just showed up because we're running for elections sure now. absolutely and like never been to a meeting never attended an hrec never been actually having conversations at two o'clock in the morning at ihop with republicans like right. just having legit conversations of how to fix the community like yeah. you know the community because you're from the community you know you know i didn't realize that until the other day i went to the brandon republican club and i walked in and there were old i mean these are like oh. <laughs> these are like battle axes of the republican party right yeah, yeah. and i'd i'd started with them in 2003 yep. so i get out of the army mm -hmm. and the way i got into politics is i remember seeing uh hillary clinton a, uh, a news report that hillary clinton had cross links back to her website uh from the socialist party of america or something like that and i was like and, and back in 2003 that was uh, the s word you didn't yeah. say that out say loud. Right. you didn't yeah. you didn't admit to it or nothing so i was like there's no way so i went and googled looked it up and i'll be they were there mm -hmm. the wow. links were there and i called my mom and dad i was like you're never gonna believe this the next 
day, I found whatever. I didn't know anything. I just Googled Republicans, young, whatever, yeah. found the young Republicans of oh, Hillsborough County. Right. Right. And, like, oh within gosh, six right. months, I was, like, their vice president. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that yeah, tells more about them than me. But, yeah. yeah. You're only 35 right now, right? Or 47, <laughs> close, you know, <laughs> or 47. But that's but, the other beautiful thing is, is that, well, like Anibal said, you didn't just kind of come out of nowhere. Right. Um, you know, you're someone who has already invested so much into the community. Um, and, and not just in terms of building the community right. and supporting the community, but also politically. Uh, you help, you know, Governor Scott get elected in a, right. in a very pivotal way, right. um, you know, doing Hispanic outreach and uh, and then some because, you know, it's, it's Yeah, it was more than Hispanic, that. but right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you're right. And so you're you're also not a rookie, you know, when it comes to this political candidate stuff. Yeah. So you also know what you're getting into. I mean, yeah, none of this will be a surprise. <laughs> and, and we, and like, we know how the game gets played up there, and yeah. and you understand some of the call. And I, I do try to look at this sometimes through the eyes of someone that's just starting. Yeah. The level of disappointment that they would have when reality <laughs> crushes down on them for right. how this political world works. Sometimes, you know, it, hardly any of it is the flash and bang that you see you know, on TV, ninety yep. percent about is is the groundwork you're doing, building relationships, making you know, building those bridges, so that you might not need that bridge for ten years, right? Mm -hmm. But then all of a sudden, mm -hmm. there's two issues that you can help meet in the middle, and and you're right. So those are the things that we've been working on for years and years without purpose, right. meaning without meaning, yeah. me without needing something from them. Oh, we, a majority of us have not received a paycheck for the amount of work oh, yeah, you that two. we have done. You two have been working in, for in forever. System. But no, and also you won't get you won't get pushback or you won't get disappointed with the amount of tonteria that happens in <laughs> Tallahassee. <laughs> and it's true, the amount of stuff that has to happen, the minutia of making politics works. If you don't know it, you get thrown off by it. But if you've been around as long as we all have been around, and it, it, it boggles my mind that I'm even saying something like that, that we've seen so much you know how to pivot you right. know how to to really communicate with people that's something that you've been able to do so well as an individual that came out of the community well thanks i think when you go to tallahassee that skill set will be required mm -hmm. times 50 because you're talking about <coughs> the Sorry. guy from miami a guy from lakeland someone from pensacola and they all got to be speaking the same language think about that like those those interests are so different right but you know, I saw it. Uh, I met Danny Perez up there, and then uh, he and Lawrence McClure are good friends. And if I didn't see two totally different people, mm -hmm. Danny Perez is going to be the Speaker of the House someday, right? Yep. And this guy grew up in my neighborhood in, in Westchester, Miami. Yeah. Right? Right. And so when I get to visit him in his office, he literally says, hey, you want some coffee? And there's, like, little Cuban. It's ready to go. It's ready to go. <laughs> yeah. But if you were to go visit a guy like Lawrence McClure, who's doing a phenomenal job uh, for, you know, Plant City in his area mm -hmm. here. You're, you're not, you know, you're talking about completely different speeds, completely different styles, but they have the core interest, which, you know, is the, the Republican Party, their right. people, and they're putting that forward. That's the kind of guy that I want to be. You know, that's the kind yeah. of guy that I really will be. Well, and, and again, given your life's circumstances, right. you've lived in multiple universes right. mm -hmm. you know so you understand that speak you know you, it's 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 now less and less being seen as a negative but it's code switching right you know where no matter what room you're in you can relate to that person that you're with yeah that's a good call and and so you're right i mean because living in plant city is nothing like living in westchester miami no, no way i mean could you fathom look look uh, 69 goes from the the very bottom right corner uh south 
of Hillsborough County. Mm -hmm. Agriculture, tomatoes, strawberries. I'm talking about five acres to a home on a- We're on, not getting started with strawberries. Just <laughs> but then you come up into Fishhawk, which we're talking about that super density of really nice- Yep. You know, upper middle upper class, middle class yep. homes mm -hmm. couldn't be further from mm -hmm. a cowboy, right? And then right. you're going to come up Bloomingdale into Riverview, which has a lot of middle 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 income right. you know, families. And yep. it kisses Brandon, right? Right. So you're talking about how many different interests are in there. So you got to be able to talk to those people and understand their issues on their level, and, yeah. and it has to be. It has to be legit and has to be, um, you know, legitimate, and you have to be able to relate to them that way. People, yeah. people forget how much agriculture happens in Hillsborough County. Oh my people god! People forget how much cattle, how much. Again, it's a touchy subject on this on this broadcast, but strawberries. It's 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 the amount of stuff that gets put into people into the agriculture system is so high, and people forget everything. Absolutely, because they only think of downtown Tampa. They only think of the base of the military, which are important. So I posted something today about the my experience with the cat with the cowboys. And someone goes, hey, I, I, I've been living here my whole life. I didn't even realize they did that over here. Which, oh, wow. What most people don't realize is Florida is a cattle state. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's Big a cattle, cattle state. state. Right. We have some of the biggest ranches mm -hmm. in the country Yeah, I think here. we're third maybe in the country. I'm not sure what yeah, our number is. Like I know it's in the top three for sure, right? But I will tell you that cattle plays an, an instrumental role. So does agriculture. Right. And now as we expand East County, we begin, how do we expand it? Because we know, and I think those farmers see the writing on the wall, oh, yeah. right? It's how we do the expansion of East County. Is it smart? Is it, you know, single family homes, $400,000, or is it apartment living? Yeah. You know, we got to really think that out. But we also have to figure out how to protect that farmer because that's how we eat. Yeah. That's industry, how yeah. vital it is, you know? Right. So, well, we can't survive on tourism alone. No. Good God, no. Yeah, and, and and one of the things I learned from working at Senator Rubio's office, right. uh, because again at that point all your people don't understand this or realize this, but right. once you're in elected office, politics go out the window, right? Correct. Because at that point you're now serving the community, everybody, in that regardless community. of right. of how they vote. Um, and so you know there were a lot of environmental organizations that I had to meet with, and and they have their needs and they have their you know uh, their their issues and and one of the things that you know, finally kind of really hit home is, is that Florida's tourism isn't of, uh, is, I'm sorry, Florida's economy isn't tourism. Florida's economy is our environment. Uh-huh. People come here because of the beaches, because of the sun, because of the weather, because of the rural lands, because, because we have so much, so much diversity to offer in terms of our environment. You know, they come because of the swamp lands, but they also come because of the, you know, the biking trails and that, you know, it's really our environment that sells Florida. Yep. Um, it's not just, you know, Mickey Mouse and Bush Gardens and this kind of thing. It's, it, it, it's really our, our environment and our, our environment is our economy. Our greatest resource is our natural resource. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's funny, I've been a hunter my whole life, um, almost my whole life, I should say. And, you know, hunters are super conservationists because yeah. if we don't conserve land, we got nowhere, nowhere to, to enjoy outside. So all of that money for permitting and all that stuff goes towards that environmental preservation. That's kind of where I got my first look in yeah. what it actually means to have boots on the ground and preserve the greatness of, of Florida. So. Well, uh, I think we can start the show now. See <laughs> 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 what I have to deal with every single time? I like that. Uh, we're about 30 minutes, minutes in. 
Um, yeah, but uh, oh, thank you. You know, it kind of lines up uh, again, given your military experience, uh, because of of course of what's happening uh, over in Ukraine, and you know we're we're not you know foreign policy experts by any means, certainly not military experts by any means. Um, but there's obviously plenty of room for speculation. Um, right. Sorry, I've been. I thought you were going to be the. I'm one so coughing excited that he's coughing and I'm not. <laughs> From can you us, please take that from go. us Thank to you. you. Man, I, I don't know what's happening I over here. Can, I can imagine what's happening. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so are we need to start putting on masks. I I brought <laughs> I brought the Dolce Gabbana one. I just oh to my did. god! Can we put? Hold on, pinkies. <laughs> pinkies up. It is. I mean, come on. You have to have some civility around here. So you know, really, this is it. It's. I think it's been more revealing of Russia than than they care for it to be. Oh yeah. Uh, we're hearing. You know, obviously, it's still traumatic. It is still devastating what is happening in the Ukraine. Um, you know, you hear about the casualties that are happening on the Russian side, and and that's all fine and well. You know, because of it's all fine you know, and well, well, and they say you know they they're the ones kind of going into they're this. the aggressors. I mean, they're yes. the aggressors. I mean, um, but. When when you kind of look at it, you know, and especially given your family's background, and you know, the, you know, you're coming from a country that that has been lost, right? Uh, and we're seeing another country lose them their 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 land, lose their right. country, you know, to a dictator. Um, and I've had, and the reason I'm I'm kind of posing it this way is because I've also talked to a couple other veterans who may feel the same way. Do you do what 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 does that trigger inside of you to see? You know, growing up in the '80s, you know these communists, right? You know, coming, having this resurgence, and 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 again, bullying, you know, the 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 neighboring countries, you know, and and overtaking them, and us having to kind of just sit on our hands. Well, it it's frustrating, but I I get it, right? Like yeah. this is uh, for us to jump in on something like this right now is is premature to mm-hmm. even have this discussion, right? Um, Everything we can do to avoid having our men and women fight. Those are my brothers, you know, your, your brothers and sisters mm-hmm. and as citizens. And we want to avoid their life loss in any way, in any way possible. But I got to tell you that as, a, as an 80s kid growing up, and, and then a, the guy who was in the Army in the 90s and early 2000s, we trained for Russia, Right. Every time I, I was both a paratrooper and a mechanized infantry guy, so I had Bradley fighting vehicles as well. And every scenario we did in the simulators was against the Russians. And all of the things that we got taught, I'm watching get employed over there. And it's funny because right. we've been so hyper-focused on terrorist, Middle East focus, that we forgot that there is a conventional battle that can still take place. And I, and I contend that, God forbid, that the United States get back into a conventional battle— our will will be tested and our resolve will be tested to the highest amount because we're used to controlling the battle space in a way that isn't normal. Like back right. in Iraq and Afghanistan, generally. Well, we fought, we have been fighting so unconventionally for right. so long right. that we have forgotten what the conventional battlefield looks like. Yeah, but, but let's take it one step and further. And the will and the, the will and the will and the decisions that have to be, the horrible decisions that have to be made in those situations. Absolutely. But so you start seeing, so, so in Afghanistan and Iraq, if you got hurt, there's a great chance. And, and towards the end, we had it down to a science that in that golden hour, the one hour that you need to be in front of a surgeon or somebody to save your life, that chopper would come get you Correct. and we'd get you in a hospital. And we started pushing hospitals as far forward. Even if we had to triage it, you got there, they stabilized you, then they took you to a surgery center that was far away. 
So America didn't see as many of our, our sons and daughters getting killed and we have more amputees and we have more survival. If we start seeing the rates in a conventional battle like we would against Russia, it, it would not be good for us. It would it would test our resolve and our will to no end. But well, some say some are saying that up to almost fifteen thousand Russians have already been killed on the battleground in Ukraine right now. That body count is so it's three times more than what we lost in Afghanistan, I think. Yeah, in just three weeks. We're just now entering the third week. Yeah. I how how would you explain how Ukraine has been able to hold out for as long as it has so far. You never underestimate someone fighting for their homeland mm -hmm. ever. They've we, we're supplying them with weapons, advanced weaponry. Right, right now, what they've needed is um, anti-tank missiles, right. and they've gotten those. They've gotten surface Singers to air missiles, and javelins. Right, and, yep. the javelin is an incredible deal. But even if we gave them wire guided, which we don't use anymore, or mostly some people do, um, we, that'd still be super effective. So we were taught. Back in the old days, none of this is a secret that if you shot the vehicle of the of that had the most antennas, the Russian units would stop in their place because the Russian units are not like us. Mm -hmm. yeah. We teach our our men and women the why inside a battle, the why we're doing something, so they can operate without us, not in the Russian army. And you're seeing the effect of conscript armies, right? Yes. Uh, lack of discipline. So in that big line that's going in um, Kiev, right? They've got uh, lack of food and they have lack of um, Fuel. Fuel. Right. So armies run on beans and bullets, right? So without food or fuel, none of those tanks can go, none of those people can go, and you're seeing the effect of it. Now that we've got drones up on the other side, the Ukrainian yeah. side, and they're getting to attack. Now, it is interesting to not see air superiority by the Russians. That That's completely, weirding me out. Completely weirding me out. I was expecting their version of shock and awe. Right. That, that Wednesday, two weeks ago, that Wednesday, Thursday, that it was going to be that kind of shock and awe. And then I watched, I'm like, okay, 30, 40. Ukraine's a pretty big, it's a country of 40 million people. Right. The infrastructure must be intense. And so I was completely shocked that it had this air superiority and that they were still, they're still shooting helicopters and airplanes right. down as of this afternoon. And as of also this afternoon, um, the convoy is starting to get attacked yeah, from the Ukrainians. And I'm yeah. like, I'm surprised. It's, and again, I get it. The majority of their troops are on the Western side, defending that coast, that part of the country. But I was, I was surprised that Russia was even allowing those kind of like, taking a week to be yeah. just it's just sitting there it's very surprising how but i'm glad it's starting to change M most people won't recognize that terrain has a lot to do with a battle space mm -hmm. so terrain here is working for the ukrainians mm -hmm. it's muddy it's damp it's wet and tracked vehicles they don't do well in that who would have thought russia knowing what it's like to get invaded during the winter and how to fight during the winter is not fighting during the winter. Hubris. <laughs> Hubris plays a lot, right? Sure. You, can, you think, oh, I, remember when we went into Iraq, like the like the first time? Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. Like, we're, I'm talking about like 1992. Early they, 90s, yeah. They, they had, they were the fifth largest army in the, and we, you know, the way that the media was pumping it up, I was like, man, that's scary. And when we got there, it crumbled. You remember mm -hmm. that? Yes. Well, I'm not saying they're crumbling, but I think we're starting to see the real, are they trained? Are we, are, are we, um, do they not have the, their air force have enough trained pilots to do coordinated smart bombing campaigns, mm -hmm. right? They, they, that takes a lot of money and training to mm -hmm. do that. Um, allegedly maybe they had, and now they don't, they, yeah. they said they did. And just because you have a million tanks 
doesn't mean you have a million people that know how to and, use it. And them. we're seeing yeah. we're seeing this now in real time what a paper dragon looks like. Everyone right. thought the bear was going to be much bigger than the bite, and now we're watching the bite is nowhere compared. He, here's what I'm concerned about: these the Russians don't take embarrassment very well, right? Yep. And so we haven't we have seen civilians getting killed, we have seen civilians getting attacked, but not this like wanton like remember we saw that in like World War II sometimes right. like we we're not seeing that. Yet, if Belarus gets involved, that guy doesn't have any respect for society. He's a dictator. And that's where I've kind of, you know, and again, again, my former boss, Senator Rubio, said, you know, this Putin is not the Putin from eight years ago. Right. You know, this is not, this is a very different person we're dealing with. You know, but at the same time, I wonder, I don't, I just don't, and I don't know, maybe I'm giving him too much credit. I don't see him as the type to hit the red button. You mean nukes? Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's, it's, I've said this before. I'm waiting for a nuke over some part of Ukraine to shut it down. Because remember, there's only three options here: Putin loses, Putin wins, or there's a nuclear option. And so, if the first option is him losing, realizing he's going to pull troops, I doubt that's ever going to happen. Or in the part of Putin losing, he gets decapitated as the president of the president of uh, Russia, which has happened before. It, they've done it before. Yeah. And but that causes a, a monumental amount of problems. And second option, Ukraine loses. But again, I don't know how that's going to look. On honestly, I just right now there's no way to figure this out. Yeah. Have you when you say nuke, or you said nuke? I say nuke. Do you mean like an EMP, or do you mean a, a tactical deployment of a nuke? I'm going to say this: He has lied. Putin has been lying this entire time, so right. I wouldn't be. Expe- I wouldn't doubt. I think when he he threatened it, it was just to see, say he's willing to do it. Whereas right. you have Biden saying that, oh, we're not going to bring troops no matter what. You don't you don't say that when you're negotiating with someone that's willing to say that he might use nukes. Yeah. If he uses nukes, then hell, then we're going to have to do something about okay, that. But real quick, let's flip the script before we move on to the next topic. Because this is also something that's interested me. It seems like, especially given the budget, that we've kind of been building and sustaining our military for this big boogeyman that hopefully never comes. Right, right. now we've got somewhat of a boogeyman here in this in the situation. Are we more like Russia is in this situation? Because I've heard reports that we're not ready. You know that we're not you know properly equipped. That we're not. Truly ready to take on combat, you know, if, if, if it were to go to that uh, tomorrow. Or do you think that we are still far more, I mean, again, at least on paper, we are multiple times over uh, infinitely more prepared for combat than the next country is. I'll tell you this. Like, I'm not in. I, I, I don't see the ground truth. Yeah. I remember during the part of the Clinton administration we were in Kosovo, we were so overly extended that there was a general who said – just what you're saying. He said, look, I've been doing peacekeeping for so long that I can't, me- I can't meet my minimum proficiencies to be a go at combat readiness. Like, that, th- they were so nervous back then that they, it ended his career. That, that move ended his career. Wow. In today's day and age, we have such a dearth of combat experience within our units that it's a different kind of fight, but our, I truly believe our, our, our boys and girls are ready for that. And that's just not like, oh, Danny, I'm an Army guy, because I would never want to send someone to a fight uh, should they not be ready, because we'll lose people for no reason. Yeah. I believe America is ready. We train and we fight. all. The, we spend more money on training and you know, getting ready for the, these kind of things. When I was deployed to Korea, I really realized what that meant. When you went to their armies 
um, units and their army's bases, you're like, it, it, it honestly looked like we had just entered third world country. That's no insult to, it might be an insult if they heard that. Sure, yeah. But I, I'm just, it's just the, what our minimum standard is like someone's greatest day ever, right? I mean, I'm talking, they stopped for lunch during their tactical training. We, 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 <laughs> I mean, it. we don't, I, I, I mean, I, we're in a battle, we're in a fake battle. And all of a sudden you saw that I'm like sitting there going, is anyone else? Uh, I'm over the radio. Does anybody else see that lunch truck coming? To, <laughs> and I swear to God, is this a, is, is this a decoy? I don't know. <laughs> the truck stops I'm in the middle of the uh, battlefield. By the way, I'm picturing a little Mexican lunch truck. No, you know? I'm talking about like <laughs> it's, <laughs> no, it's like a deuce and a half. And and the two cooks get out. They blow a whistle, and then all like the Korean troops just start lining up for chow. I was oh like, my God! Well, they'll line up for that, but they won't line up in Disney. Okay. Yeah. But we did. But we. But that. Ooh. So we are. We are operational you know tempo about. ready. I, yeah, I believe yeah. we are. I, I do think before we move on, we really need to keep on our eye on China. Yep. China is not the same beast as Russia in any way. While China may constantly... He's unpredictable in my opinion. Who? The Chinese? Xi Jinping. My, my brother. My, they, yeah. like, they have been our enemy, and for years yeah. and years, we just have failed to say it out loud. Finally, we're starting to see it. Well, Those folks. It, well, and we think we're funding both sides of the war now. Right. Imagine if we were in a similar oh, conflict God. with China. I mean, given how dependent we are on them for our for manufacturing. Everything. For, for everything. For everything. China's dependent on us for everything. You put one carrier in between Singapore and Tokyo, and they can't. That stops ninety percent of, of travel into China. Eighty percent of it is on barges. So you put one boat through the archipelago or the first chains through China. You shut down China, and in six months they're dealing with with, with a famine because they can't make enough food. I, I, I'm okay with that, and I'll even oh, give you that. I'm okay with that too. No, this I, is the thing. We're ha we're. What caused the Arab Spring, in all honesty, was the increase in food costs in the Middle East. Why? Because we had a famine and we had problems getting wheat to those countries. You were having the number one exporter of wheat attacking the number five exporter of wheat. And you think that's not going to cause ripple effects around yeah. the world? It's not going to cause a problem for us in regards as, to food. It's going to cause a problem for the as, world. As long as that remains, I'm okay. So for years, China was always a regional they weren't a global strategic threat to us because they couldn't project power Correct. and trains meaning their beans and bullets they couldn't sustain those far away like we can we yeah. can do that anywhere, anywhere in the world right but they couldn't but they're gaining like they, they their their shadow companies are buying land oh, yeah. in central south america mm -hmm. they're buying minerals infrastructure infrastructure they they're in cuba mm -hmm. they're in africa south they, america they're watching they're not dumb and they're yeah. disciplined right? right so it we can't just leave it like oh well and i think they're wanting they're wanting the world to look at the shiny object happening Absolutely. in the ukraine as we've seen they're already testing the waters in taiwan that right? would be the case if if russia were taken over ukraine in one week now China is seeing, oh, crap, everyone is against Russia right now. You got the Germans to bend over backwards and take it up the rear when it came to the oh, oil but that they were getting from Russia. <laughs> Hello. I was surprised when you saw Germany. I, I expected the French, but the fact that the Germans were the ones that first ticked, and I was like, oh, my God, this is a big deal. And hey, now they got them all out. You have Poland sending aircrafts to, to Ukraine. This is crazy. Hey, isn't it neat? Like, like, like neat is weird in, in, in the relative of, of our subject matter but the connectivity we're trying to it's coming to roost yeah right in a, in a in one decision visa mastercard shut down apple pay yeah. shut mm -hmm. down uh facebook gone it's, russia is in an island being isolated right, it's becoming yeah. an island and i i'm excited because the world has literally told 
this will stop China well, from invading Taiwan. Well, it's exciting, but it's frightening at the same time. That's what I mean. It's, it's That's weird. literally what I mean. Well, we're here on the other side of a pond. Right. And, like, you can't do to us. So, like, we're just yeah. watching what's happening. And now, and we're getting to the next topic in regards to gas. But this is now seeing the ramifications of a weak president having weak policies when it comes to energy. So, Jonathan, do you want to lead us into this next conversation? Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, nice there. transition there. I tried. Or, he, doesn't, he doesn't give it to me that often. But your hair looks beautiful, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. It took me an extra thirty. Can everybody to get to this? just at least comment? It's a little shiny on this I'm guy's not hair. Gonna lie, it's a Is little it beautiful shiny. or does he need a haircut? Comment right now. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. I need comment like today's share. poll. It was a lot <laughs> of gel. I took. A, it was a lot of Petra, Petra to uh, get this hair. Listen, the that's, way a, that's about. I don't know. A gallon worth of fuel, like oh, yeah, right. it wasn't a maybe a few quarts, but it <laughs> wasn't you. a gallon. Yeah, he has a little no smoking sign right here on his shoulder just to make sure that <laughs> That's people. That's what this is. No, but this is to cover David. I have seen white girls' hair from a prayer station with a candle. So oh, yes, gosh. I've been de- I, I know where I am at all times. Hey, thank everybody, you. thank you so much for watching the Yard Sign, the most important relevant podcast in politics, and for the second week in a row, a full Latino cast too oh that's true um you know alaba. So, yeah alaba. uh you know now despite you now living in a more rural part of the county we had uh, chris lakata who has moved to hernando county of all oh places. boy yeah and uh and but he blends in a little bit uh, too much over there he so. has <laughs> definitely stopped tanning <laughs> yeah. it is showing yeah he's he's not ah. producing enough melanin up there i don't know what is going on <laughs> Um, Danny, you look at a little, little, little blanco here. I, th- I think it's a lack of a uh, rice and beans. Oh my gosh! Do they have rice and beans in my mama? <laughs> they do. <laughs> they have incredible. Oh, I bet they incredible do. Incredible oh, Mexican food down there. I've seen some of those places along College Ave. Yeah, <laughs> I'll eat. I will literally stop at every one of those and try it. I at bet le- at a minimum once. Yeah. I those love are the that. best places. It's Absolutely. Does so so it look like they're going to collapse and, any minute? And, the, and, and if it's really, really good, I will post nothing about it. <laughs> no, not a thing. Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, but uh, again, and thank you everybody for watching. Don't forget to subscribe to the audio version of our podcast over at the Tech Overlords at Google, Apple, Spotify, Audible, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, and Samsung podcast platforms. Again, Anibal joining us tonight and candidate for House District 69 here in the beautiful state of Florida. Danny Alvarez. Uh, we are getting into gas prices again as they are going up faster than enables blood pressure. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, it's no secret here why it's happening, but you know, the obvious is, is, has come to fruition, which is under president Trump, we had, uh, if not complete independence, relatively independent, uh, on our energy production. Right. Um, and then within a matter of, again, weeks, not even months, weeks. Weeks. I mean, he shuts down Keystone. Um, he shuts down uh, the, the, the other one, uh, the other pipeline that they were going to build. Um, and, and again, now we find ourselves literally funding both sides of this war. Right. Uh, because we continue to purchase millions, I believe, barrels of right. uh, petroleum from Russia. Yeah, it's right. between 3 and 8%, and it could be as high as 10%. But that that's that's the the upsetting part. Now that oil is getting is about getting getting close to like one fifty, one hundred fifty dollars a barrel. We are funding, yeah we're at one thirty seven. I thought yeah we are funding yeah we're getting close. Um, the Russians who are going to be buying more ammo because they have their own industrial complex and that's going to be used to then to attack the Ukrainians and other uh, allies onto the fort. It's just.
just it's stupid. And then you have reports that Biden is actually uh, negotiating, trying to negotiate with Venezuela, <laughs> trying to negotiate with Iran, trying to negotiate with all these other countries. That you're like, yeah, we'll buy oil from Iran, uh, from Venezuela. Venezuela will sell it. We'll use those dollars to buy weapons in Russia. Which Russia. again, whose equipment well, do you think yeah, they're using? Exactly. exactly. It's so it's so upsetting that this is just it's become. Uh, something it's gonna be a parody <sighs> yes well and it's a shell game because again you know the reason part of the reason that biden did this in the first place was to elevate our green score right and, right. and continue to continue to push us towards policies that support their climate change agenda mm-hmm. which again it, it is is even more ridiculous now than ever because we're seeing that we're never going to get to whatever this golden promised land of of of, of, of climate happening. change. It's not because they're just shuffling. You know, they're just moving the cups around. You know, right. they stopped producing it here in the United States, but guess what? They're just buying it somewhere else. Why? Because we still need that energy production. At least Germany was smart enough to realize once this whole debacle started, hmm, maybe we should start producing our own energy again. Right. Hey, you you know it's bad when the number one maker of electric vehicle says. This might hurt my company, <laughs> but we really need to talk about the domestic production of oil and yep. gas yep. in our country. Yep. He said to the cost of his own—I mean, you know that technically that's a no-no, right? right. Because that hurts his share, yeah, and that course. his board members could hold him accountable to that. But he put America first when he made that statement, which is was smart. I, I think, fortunately, because I'm a big fan of Elon, aside right. from him, you know, going into China and right. selling uh, there, but. Um, his board understands him, I think. I think so. Um, because they realize that he's always going to speak his truth. Right. Um, and that despite even making statements like that, he's always going to continue to make sure that uh, SpaceX, Tesla, is is going to be uh, profitable or at least heading in the right direction to continue to improve Correct. on the goods and services that they provide. Um, I didn't get to read the article, but apparently SpaceX, you know, in all of this, is is might be in trouble financially uh, because they depend so heavily on you know the type of fuel that they use. Oh, really? Um, it's yeah, and and again, this is it's not a small increase in cost. It's a significant increase in cost. And, you know, their cost already to fly to space as regular, uh, as much as they do as on a regular basis, is still, I'm sure... The, the margins are still far Tight. tighter right? Yeah. than, you know, when the government used to do it. And obviously they weren't paying for it because the taxpayers were. And so they don't care about profit margins. Right. Um, but, 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 but to your point, you know, he understands that we are currently in a vulnerable position because we've empowered Russia, you know, with being a major uh, – uh, a producer of petroleum <laughs> and everyone thought letting russia into into more economical inter, in uh, integration of the of the world would have defanged russia and if anything it's put them in the exact position they want to be put in where they can take advantage of everyone well, it's, 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 it's paying your bully off every week, you know, so he won't beat you up. Eventually, yeah. there's going to come a day where he doesn't care about getting that payoff, and he's going to beat you up anyway. Because he's got enough money. That's right. He's got, but I, I think, you, you know, I, I know that Jen was asked, you know, hey, are we going to start producing oil? And they said, no, we're going to double down on green. And, and that just, to me, is a complete deafness to the pain and plight that people are suffering. They don't care. I know they don't, but, like, when you see that, like, they don't care because they're in their little white castle, but we're on the street, and you see people suffering, and you see people saying, look, I got to figure out, I'm going to put my $10 of gas in because 
everything's gone up. Well, these DC swamp critters, I mean, a lot of them don't even own a car. Right. Because they don't have to. That's right. You know, they Uber or they walk or I'm sure she gets a car service. Yeah. I, I mean, all that's fine and dandy. All that's Washington stuff. But it right? goes to show you, especially Biden, someone who's been in the government his entire career, how disconnected he is. It's complete from, disconnect from average America. Look, when it costs you double to fuel up, right? Think about if you if you were a lawn service. I yeah. mean, little things like that. I also, I mean, even just inflation alone, right? I know where this is about gas, but the inflation alone add now another essentially doubling of, of gas prices mm -hmm. from where we were when I was paying what a dollar 89 a dollar 99 the day after the election right yeah. and then now we're paying uh, I, I have a diesel truck it was four big diesel truck 459 <laughs> or beginning of uh, or the end of last week it's 479 today I can't imagine I just I, I can't fathom like we're about to pay five I never in I mean a it's like you years. literally just took on like a minimum wage employee I, absolutely <laughs> Ab it's absolutely so you know people I, say I uh, don't know how you wrapped your head around that Johnny but I love it <laughs> <laughs> but it's true that you know the like people will say ah oh, it's just a few bucks more and you're like stop when you have rent in Tampa, in Hillsborough County, bueno. that is rivaling New York. Bueno. I don't need to add food costs to it. I don't need to ask gas. When we could actually do something about it, you you don't like you don't yeah. like the gas. Hold your nose. Right. Hold your nose. Let us get out of this, and then let's talk about what your solutions are. That's why you got elected to be president, right? Most popular president in the world, right? Ever, <laughs> it, it, right? I'm just saying, right? So yeah. show me. And so I think they're going to end up paying a really big price this this term, sure. um, this election cycle, because no one's going to. You you could forgive one. You could forgive inflation, and forgive is probably too not the right word. You could overlook yes, inflation. You can overlook house prices one or one. But you could even overlook the Afghanistan withdrawal. Well, and the worst oh. part is the worst oh, part is, it's is that it's difficult. But the, you can even do that one. They but continue think, to move the goalposts, right? Um, and 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 by the goalposts, I mean the excuses as to why these things are happening, right? You know, of course they were blaming COVID. Now they want to blame Russia. Now they because they realize that at the end of the day they're responsible for why these things are happening. Do you know what I hate? I hate when people take me for dumb. Listen, I might not be the smartest guy in the yeah. world, but I, I know what I see. I know that gas was a dollar eighty-nine. Now you're saying ninety-nine. Let's just call it two bucks when Joe Biden became president. I know it's four seventy-nine now. Mm -hmm. I know that didn't happen because of the Ukraine. And I know right. that didn't happen necessarily because of COVID. You understand that? Yeah. I know it's a lack of faith in our system. The markets are reacting to the, our weakness. Well, and, and it's, it's 2022. It is not that difficult to connect the dots. Right. Anybody, right. you know, with with a, with a, an elementary education can go right. online and, and connect the dots and see where all of this started. You remember when people tried to figure out what Trump's trump's thing was yeah i remember being on tv on these political shows and i'm like y'all y'all are underestimating this guy even if you weren't like a big trump fan back in the day i'm like y'all are underestimating the guy right. at his events he would have doctors some of our most highly educated people in the world who have expendable time right they have time they make money and then they have bikers mechanics garbage men right. and what what in what world do those substrata have in common right a, a trump rally it's because he's talking to them as if he has been on a real world basis and it's always been his appeal i i got it but i what i what i'm trying to say is if you look for the disconnect in reality we've always been talked to like we're not oh, yeah. smart enough yeah i'm smart enough to understand when I'm the republican party especially swindled 
right? You know, that, that's been an issue I think that the Republican Party especially has had for an incredibly long time is because we're almost too smart. In the sense that, you know, we're so policy wonky, you know, we want everybody to be up here and we're talking about all the issues that are happening up right. here. Meanwhile, again, middle America, you know, is trying to put food on the table. They're just trying to get by and make a living and then and, and provide for their family. They don't have time to, to watch the news as much as we do, to con consume the news as much as we do, you know, to really get into the nuts and bolts right. of policy like we do. Listen, we are, you know, the health of a society by the strength of its middle class, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Cuba was a perfect example. Then is, and it, when, when it got taken over, middle class destroyed, it's destroyed. Venezuela, you brought it up earlier, had the strongest middle class expendable income. They had a little extra. They yeah. could survive and thrive. They were we, almost an extension of the United States. Correct. correct. We are pinching our middle class. The, the poor are already suffering. The poor are right. already like yeah. on, on, on straws. The middle class... We're, we're pinching them in a way that they've never been pinched before, mm -hmm. and something has got to give. Someone's got to speak for them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, real quick, I, I, I apologize. Uh, our good friend Hector Gonzalez has been uh, sitting in our clubhouse room. Again, you can join us live on clubhouse. Just search Johnny Torres. If you follow me, I'll be more than happy to follow you back. Also, you can search the yard sign. We are broadcasting live every Monday night as we do our show, uh, and this gives you the opportunity to chime in as well if you are uh, joining in the show with us. Uh, let's see if this uh, is going to cooperate here. Hector, are you there? Yeah. Hold on. I'm trying to bring them this way. How about now? Yeah, all right. Let me uh, work on that here in just a minute and see um, uh, how we can get that fixed. Again, don't forget to subscribe to the audio version of our podcast whenever, wherever you may be listening to your favorite podcasts. Uh, we appreciate everybody who's doing so. And for the video version of our podcast, if you haven't checked that out, you can catch every episode we've ever done on Facebook. Uh, we actually may be taking the show on the road soon. I've heard we are getting recruited for a high-profile political event uh, to be doing our show live from. Oh, soon. wow. So that might that's going to be exciting. That will be the Women's Federation is doing a lunch for Ashley Moody on April uh, April 8th, I believe it is. Oh, yeah. So we are going I'll to have there. a good yeah. time and having that conversation. Well, then you can join us. I will join, join us on you. the show. I'll be there. Uh, Madam Terry Cruz is amazing. Yeah. And Castro. 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 Oh, sorry. Uh, Terry Cruz is the big black guy Terry. in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> you know, I was watching that Adam Sandler movie today, so that's the reason why he's in my head right now. It was a good movie. Is he now? Yeah. Uh, I don't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> You're asking for that conversation later on. Yes. So, but um, we're uh, actually they are also uh, wanting to come on the show, which I'm excited about. I think we're going to do a special show with the ladies, so it'll be uh, probably Robin Langford, Terry Castro, and uh, we'll see maybe Joyce Thompson. We'll see. Again, of three three names that have been there. Yeah. When no one's watching, they're doing the groundwork. They're carrying. They're holding the water. You know what I mean? Yep. Building the offices. Absolutely. Out the literature. They asking know. people for votes. They know how this county runs. They know how to move people to get them to vote because they, they run their own offices. Right. When it comes to the North Hillsborough County office, yeah. the South Tampa office, these women know what to do. Oftentimes, their office is set up even before all the candidates have an office. 150%. <laughs> Listen, don't mess with Terry. Don't yeah. that, she, she might be all, I don't know how tall she is. She's five foot nothing. You're but really she pushing is, the five foot nothing. Listen, <laughs> but she's got the strength of an eight-foot giant. I'll oh, tell yeah. you what, she is amazing. Yep. Uh, Moose Mountains. Absolutely. Moose Mountains. I love running into her in Tallahassee. When she goes to Tallahassee, she is literally commanding the entire auditorium. It's amazing. Oh, yeah, she talks, and you're, like, standing up straight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. Hola, hola, doña. Yeah, hola. 
The other thing, too, is we want to uh, welcome the Community Patriots um, uh, to the program. They're going to be our new sponsor. Uh, starting next show, we are going to be bringing you updates as to their meetings, their events. They hold all kinds of incredible uh, events. And, uh, and of course, this is a group of people who are also uh, willing to put in the work and effort to get people elected. And so we're excited to have the Community Patriots joining our show. Uh, they're going to be... Uh, sponsoring this show as, again, one of their efforts in, uh, to help win the upcoming midterm elections. And so we'll have ways for you to get involved. Uh, and we're also going to be creating, again, lots of opportunities for candidates to gain additional exposure, both through this program and through their in-person events, which they hold all throughout the town. Already been area. to some. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's incredible the turnout they get. They easily get 100, 200 people at all of their meetings. Yeah. Those folks are the people that are like, listen, I don't need a lot of permission. I just need a lot of will. And they've That's got right. a lot of will. And I think that's what really started that organization is that they were getting frustrated with the normal corridors yeah. of power and influence and everything else, and something needed to be done to be again. They came up during um, the, the the big push in the BLMs and right. everything else, and there was no one here to push back. And in, and in Tampa, you wanted to you wanted someone to push back, and they came up with the organization. They filed their LLCs. They filed everything that needed to get done so that they could represent the community. I'll and tell you what, a great job. They were instrumental. You know, I'm the chief. I'm the general counsel for the Tampa Police Benevolent Association, and they turned out for cops. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you this right now. When nobody else wanted to show up or, or they thought it might be too public, they came out in mass, and uh, always grateful for them. They have great supporters and, and thankful for what they do. That should show you how the totality of the landscape has changed, Correct. right? So they aren't necessarily a Republican group. They're a conservative group that mm -hmm. wants good conservative values to go forward, and they're willing to put not only their money, but more importantly, their time. Correct. And that's vital. They show up. That's they show up. You know this. That's 90% yep. of the game. Absolutely. And you can have a, and again, we know organizations in this county that have plus 300, and then when you do voter registration, they have four people. Well, and people, two of those people are lowering me. And they, don't, and they don't understand. Like, you don't have to be, in fact, most campaigns don't want you to be the check writer. Right. You know what I mean? Obviously, yeah, if you can write a check, that's amazing. But you know what's far more valuable than a check is actually your sweat equity. Right. Mm -hmm. If you can come out and walk for a candidate, you know, once a month even, that makes a huge impact on a campaign. Absolutely. Because one person on a Saturday can pro easily hit 100 doors. Right. Very attainable goal. It sounds like, uh, like a crazy amount, it's but it's not, really not. It's not. not. Uh, and on top of that, most campaigns, they usually give you a nice lunch afterwards, right? Um, and and people don't understand the impact that that has on a campaign, and that is infinitely more valuable than any check you could write. I'll tell you this, too. As a former candidate myself, it is a lonely island. You know, like there's oh, yeah. times when you think, I'm, I'm all, you know that oh. people support you, but to have folks Bro, I got like those that, calls from you. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to have those folks out there that are actually willing to show up like they do. Phenomenal. Yeah. Honestly, so. can't put a price on. All right. Uh, apologize again. We're, uh, we'll get this clubhouse thing figured out for the next show, but uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, go into our next topic here. State of the union. Uh, Joe Biden, of course, uh, gave, uh, I think was, uh, which is pretty much uh, the type of state of the union we could have expect. Uh, a lot of people were saying that they, you know, they were hoping that he was going to have some sort of a reset, you know, in terms of his administration. Um, but really, he went out there and basically tried to somehow um, say that he had all these wins under his pocket. And, uh, you know, and on top of that, you know, it, it his state of the union address sounded an awful like, like uh, Donald Trump's platform. 
when it came to actually making America a priority when it came to manufacturing, uh, both for creating jobs and to also as a matter of national security. So we don't find ourselves uh, like many in the European Union currently feel, uh, find themselves dependent on an adversary. Um, and economically dependent on an adversary. And so, you know, he's talking about creating microchips. He's talking about farming. He's talking about, you know, uh, us going back to, again, what America used to be, which is a, 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 a country centered around production, manufacturing. Um, no big surprises here, you know, kind of a, you know, textbook, State of the Union. Um and I think the fact that it's not going to move his approval rating, I think, is is an example that most people, I think, might have already given up on him. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. the number the numbers are extremely disappointing. Thirty nine percent approve of it. So overall, at the moment, when it comes to Democrats, when it comes to independents, thirty nine percent approve, seventy forty seven percent disapprove. Uh, his approval rating is actually up a little bit. Uh, one point, literally, from the February poll. So it's it's really sad to see what his numbers are looking like now. And he's losing the independence completely. And that's going to be the swing of what happens this coming November is right. the independent vote. If you can't if you can't keep the independence, which has now become a third of the electorate, I don't know how you win anything. And it's it's sad because again, we have him for three more years. I have no idea how the Republic is going to survive three more years, especially when he becomes a lame duck. Does he pivot to the Republican side to try to fix things? Or is he going to go, he's going to keep on going? Because I don't think, and we've had this conversation on this panel, I don't think Biden is the one that's actually making the decisions yeah. that, that he keeps on claiming to be making those decisions on. I mean, um, Danny, what did you think about we, the State of the Union? What, wasn't it the, the least watched State of the Union in recent history? Oh. I thought I thought that's I, I saw that somewhere. No, that's those were the Oscars. Yeah, <laughs> the, that too, <laughs> that too. You know, um, I, I heard a bunch of things that made me feel like I was being pandered to. You know, I, yeah. I work with the police. Even today, I represent cops. Mm -hmm. I go out to shootings. I, you know, I, I stand up with them um, uh, officially. I, I've said before, I was the general counsel for the Tampa Police Union. And so I, I'm involved every day. I heard him say we need to fund cops. And I'm sitting there going, yeah, of course we need to fund cops. Like, right. Why, why is that a discussion, <laughs> right? But it is a direct 180 to what we had been told in the past, that we needed to defund uh, police. So, Well, they uh, realized, they learned real quick, that not only with your moderate voters, your suburban voters, but with, even with the minorities that are typically dependable Democrat voters, right. how much support they lost over this whole defund the police movement. You, you know what's not a partisan issue? Safety and security. Of course not. Democrats care about their kids going to school in a safe environment just as much as Republicans do, just as much as independents. No, you can't have a successful nation without the core tenant of safety and security, which is brought to you internationally by your military, internally by your police department. Right. And when we talk about the thin line, the thin blue line, that was always, is never a negative in the past. It was always those people that provided that safety and security, the line of people that are out there for you. And I'll tell you, after watching, I, I know cops are frustrated is not even the, the right word, you know. Right. Uh, they're so frustrated. Hillsborough has had a, a great... Uh, you know, in Hillsborough, we haven't had that problem so much as, as we have in the rest of the country. But you know what else, though, I didn't hear from that? Is I didn't hear any mention about the 13 men and women that we lost uh, oh, yeah. in our withdrawal. No. And that, honestly, that broke my heart. Well, and in fact, try, he tried to pass it off as a win. What, the Af Afghan withdrawal? You know, right. Yeah. yeah. 
I, it, it, Which is why you had Congresswoman sick. Boebert, you know, who again, you know, she's very polarizing, you know, uh, you know, whether you like her or not, she was right. When she got up and talked about the 13th and interrupting the speech and she got booed by the Democrats, you're right. He, he should have acknowledged that um, and owned up to it. Look, you know, I will forever, and we will have retro studies, we will have case studies. Mark my words, in ten, five, ten years from now, our withdrawal from Afghanistan will be a seminal moment in American history that changed the way that the rest of the world viewed us. I would take Russia, it gave them the green light, because they knew if that's how we're going to do our own people in our own war and our own withdrawal, then we're, we, you know, we're nothing but a paper tiger. In the, their yeah, eyes, the right? invasion in the, of Ukraine was months and years in the planning, and they saw the weakness in, in Biden because of Afghanistan, right. the weakness in Biden because he allowed for the Nordstrom 2 pipeline to go through in Germany. All of this was could have easily but, been dealt with, but more importantly, if you, we had a stronger leader. He saw the weakness in us. Mm -hmm. yep. You understand that? And that is shame on us because we should all have been screaming that we lost 13 Americans because we decided just one day willy-nilly we're gone. You know what I mean? And don't tell me that there was a plan. We all know what a plan looks like. That didn't look like a plan. Yeah. Right? And we lost 13 men and women that should not be dead right now, and they're gone. You know, God rest their souls. It quite literally looked like we were, you know, a dog between with its tail, tail between its legs. We're, we literally were owning that battle space. You can argue all day long whether we were winning or losing. We were winning in the battles. Yep. Were we losing at home? I, I have no idea. That's for another analysis. Day. But I'm going to tell you, we had no reason reason to leave that way we had none zero no reason that we we could have left with our stuff we could have left with our pride and we could have left with our honor we left with none of yeah. those. and they tried to make it into a political thing because remember the last day was september 11th was the last day we were supposed to be in kandahar Heck, I don't even think I realize that. That's you shame on them. They did that on purpose because they thought this was going to be a beautiful thing. They were going to get oh, praise man. and everything else. Yep. And then, again, the moment you withdraw the military before you withdraw the diplomats and the civilians and everything else is when you have a problem. Guys, again, we left Americans over there. A lot, too. A lot we left Americans. Americans over there. Like yeah. the, the, the one thing I can always count on as an American is that the, the, they're coming to get me. Right, yeah. and, oh, and, and that blue passport. Well, that the, blue passport the has apathy, the power to the do that. The apathy and the arrogance but of this administration then. is also what drives me nuts, especially when it comes from Jen Psaki. She's notorious for it. She'll get up there with you know with with her smug smile, and you know, and basically told those Americans that we're stuck in Afghanistan. They're like, "Sorry, figure it out." Yeah, these are not talking points. I've been a spokesperson. Yeah. These are people's lives, right? Yeah. These are people that, and then that were helping the American effort. These are people that are out there. They are with blue passports. That meant it does mean, and actually, let me, mean, let, let, it, I'm going to say it, it again. It means a lot. I'm going to say it again. It means a lot. Just because we have an administration that has chosen not to protect and endorse Correct. what that means. That's fine. From a man that's thrown a passport at customs in an overseas country, I can tell you right now, it is very important that that color is blue. <laughs> and Why I won't even, I, I won't I even totally tell you. That. Oh, and I won't even tell you what country Egypt was that I was able to get and get away with that. <laughs> Start calling you Alexis from like Schitt's Creek. I've never had to. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> that was quick. You see the thing? Oh, yeah. And I'm out. And I'm out. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, there, you know what's, what's weird? It's not weird. It's There are Americans out there that take the red, white, and blue serious, mm -hmm. our commitment serious, our constitution serious, our oaths serious. 
right? They're not talking points. They're not, you know, political banter that we just throw around and figure out how we're going to pull on it. So eventually you, you spit at them enough, you step on them enough, and they're going to come back and bite you. And I think that's what we're coming to see now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for watching tonight's show. Uh, we uh, ran long up in the front, so uh, I think we might have to kind of start to bring this in for a close here. But thank you again, uh, Anibal David Cabrera, Danny Alvarez. He is running for State House District 69. Uh, a website and all that good stuff will be up soon. We'll keep you updated on the progress of uh, his campaign. Uh, can you bring up the topics again one more time? I know it was the... Uh, Let's see. Oh, okay, CPAC polls. Yeah, I mean, you know, those those are those are fun. And then um, it was Attorney General Barr, right? Whether they're yes, uh, that was the other big headline about uh, him possibly not having voted for Trump. Was that what it was? He, that he is more likely to vote for Trump now, uh, coming the next election cycle. Oh, got than it. Ever okay. before. Wow. So yeah. right. who would have known? Anyways, Trump did get 59% of the votes for the conservative gathering in informal survey. So that was quite interesting. The best part of it was that actually our governor, currently governor, got a pretty, I think like 29%. So it was a pretty decent show yeah, in second place. And, and what's been consistent in all these national polls, uh, CPAC polls are just fun. I mean, it's just you show up and you right. can vote in the poll or whatever. But in real polls that are, that are happening out there, um, without Trump, DeSantis is overwhelmingly the favorite. Right. Uh, and, you know, I, I, again, it, it's um, that 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 in, in itself is a bit difficult, you know, to, to kind of really know the right answer. You know, I, I yeah. think, um, you know, and um, but I wouldn't be I wouldn't be against it. I, I, I would against which part I, I would be yes. all in favor yes. of a DeSantis presidency. <laughs> I'm OK with that, you know, and, uh, you know, but I think we'll we'll get it regardless. Uh, sooner or later, I, I think we're, yeah. we're if, 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 if Florida needs some more protecting, you know, I mean, yeah. th those four these four years, he's done a good job. I'll tell you over overwhelmingly, you have people on the left and the independents that I, you'll talk to be like, man, I didn't really have a lot of expectations of the guy. I thought he was way right. I'm really impressed with him. And Correct. I'm like, I, I've heard that I over he, and over and again. And I thought he was going to be real soft. I was a Putnam guy. Yep. And, oh, I remember that. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't really think a whole lot of him. I didn't really know much of him other than he'd been in Congress and he was for, representing the Jacksonville area, that sort of thing. And I mean, he just came in guns blazing. But remember, those that he, first few months of his administration yes. were unbelievable. They were good. Yeah, yeah, they were good. So, so look, scenario A: uh, let's say Trump does run because you, you won't be able to stop him. You get four more years of DeSantis. Trump only gets four. He runs. Yeah. He runs president. I think if the election is tomorrow, I don't see how Trump loses. Yeah, I I don't know if I can disagree with that. I. I at one, point, I, at one point, I thought I could disagree with that and giving a little bit more credence to the, the current administration. But now, oh, my God, what else could they get wrong in the next four months? So if things change dramatically in the next three years, or not even that dramatically, some in the next three years, you'll find Americans' memory is very, very it is. short. We have a very short attention span, absolutely. Well, to that note, think about how long it's been since Trump has truly been on social media right and people's perception of him has also changed dramatically Correct. because of it that's right you know so he, so it's like you're saying it actually is benefiting him. oh absolutely yeah, i yeah. mean look at george w bush and how controversial right. he was when he was in office right um and how you know people and some stills do want to throw him in jail for war crimes et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And now he's like one of our most beloved presidents, right. you know, no matter where he goes. And and so, again, we do have a very short uh, attention span and memory. Big time. And I think 
and I used to say this all the time during his administration, if someone could please take his Twitter account away, we'd be in a much Correct. better place. Correct. Absolutely. Because that Twitter account, uh, and, and, and while I appreciated you know, how active he was on it and that he could communicate directly with the voters was the best and the worst thing about his administration. Right. Because he created a lot more problems than he needed to take on because of it. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I, I love the fact that we possibly get a repeat of 45. I cannot wait for that concept. But that means that the 46 has done such a bad job. And again, I think what's going to happen if, if, again, if there is no crazy changes in the next four months, um, Republicans have that red wave, which probably will look like the red wedding in all honesty in Game of Thrones. And we're going to take out a lot of people out of that. And now you have a lame duck president where the only thing he can do is abide by what, and again, Clinton was able to pivot when he lost the House and the Senate to where he was able to work with Gingrich and they were able to do, move the country forward. I don't think this president has the ability because, again, I don't think this president's awake. I yeah. think he's more if focused you, on Putin. But the more the more time passes, the more time you are seeing this administration start to line up Kamala to run on her own. Oh, God. I think, I think they're going to read the tea leaves and realize that Biden's not. there's no way for Biden to win. And the only way to get especially the black vote um, and Democrat voters excited again about coming out to the polls um, after a disastrous four years is for Biden to make way for Kamala to be on the top of the ticket. So are you saying that he as unpopular as she is? I don't think he's going to run. I don't think he's going to run for reelection. I don't think he'll be physically able to. Well, but think about it. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, like they sent her, didn't they just send her to Poland? Yes. You know, and how many vice president? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like we're talking like, about a potential global war. World War Three. We're yeah. trying to avoid. And, and she's going to cackle us out of it. That's what right. she's going to. Yeah. She's going to laugh our way out of it. I mean, oh she couldn't God. even go to the real border. Right. I mean, when when we were having our. Yeah. And still we are have, we our have reports crisis. that she couldn't even get to Selma over the weekend. But you know what? I can't. I cannot confirm or deny. She was in Selma. She was. In I Selma. can't confirm or deny that she got into the church. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you're going to get me in trouble. All right, on that note, everybody, thank you again so much for watching. Don't forget to subscribe, like, share, uh, wherever you may find this podcast. Uh, if you want the audio version of our podcast, in case you missed the live version, you can subscribe over to the Tech Overlords at Google, Apple, Spotify, Audible, Amazon, uh, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, and Samsung podcast platforms. And we appreciate everyone who is currently listening to the show. Uh, leave us some reviews while you're at it. It really means a lot to us again as we continue to uh, make our way to making this uh, one of the top 100 podcasts hey in the country. Oh, it's around the corner. Hey I know. I can feel it. I can smell it. Uh, Anibal David Cabrera, Danny Alvarez, ladies Are and gentlemen. Are we getting one, one last thing? No. Oh, come on. Good night, everybody. Good, Good night. night. Come on.